0: I'm trying to decide if we should shut the windows, but I also know you're going to get even hotter, so we'll leave the windows open. Just
1: leave them open. Okay. Alright, Well, we're recording again. We're back. Uh,
0: it's technically three, but also four.
1: Technically episode three, even though we've sat in this room and this would be the fourth time we've tried to record. So, welcome back. How's it going? It's hot. It's hot, yeah. What is the temperature today? Today it's currently 85. And our house does, oh, sorry, 88 degrees. Oof. Alex is sitting with a ice pack between his headphones and his head because he's so hot.
0: It's a little toasty without any air conditioning. Just a tap it. When you're 300 pounds, or at least close to it, it gets a little rougher
1: <laughs> slowly starts adding on the temperature <laughs>
0: G- gives gives you a little more insulation as you get heavier it's
1: just going to get worse it's only the 1st of July yeah i know <laughs> it's just now getting to the heat of summer
0: yeah, yeah. we've
1: had a pretty like pretty cool june it hasn't been super super hot
0: no it could super, be worse
1: super rainy which has been a bummer for you and your Bronco
0: Not anymore. Now it's time. Now it's topless weather. Now it's
1: topless weather. And yes, we mean that in every way.
0: (laughs) As I sit here without a shirt. Yes,
1: exactly. Okay, so today we're going to dive into um, the topic based off of the question that we got in Alex's Instagram DMs, specifically last week, but it was, what are your whys? and instead of spending another 20 minutes in our podcast on that we just decided to make it another podcast topic and also tie it in to the conversation of why coaching for alex since we lost that not we sorry since i lost that episode oops (laughs) but we did get it figured out the Mm -hmm. lovely people at our podcast hosting place was able to recover one of our files,
0: so I'll take it. That's fifty percent success. I'll take it.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, icebreaker. Who do you think your celebrity look-alike is?
0: Uh, who who's that guy that played Master Chief on the Halo thing?
1: I was gonna the Halo that, show. I was gonna look that up because that's what I was thinking too. <laughs>
0: Sort swear of it looked just like me. It, freaked me out.
1: It kind of freaked me out, too. As soon as he took his helmet off, I was like, um, I'm pretty sure that's Alex. But it's not. It's like, it's
0: Terrible Master Chief, though. Who takes off his helmet. Wow. Well, I'm
1: sorry. That's his name is Pablo Schrieber. Schreiber. Schreiber? Yeah, Schreiber. Pablo. Pablo Schreiber. My
0: name is Pablo Schreiber. now.
1: Yeah, I was actually like very weird how much you look like him. But <laughs> you just have very similar like face shape and then I think your nose too. what yeah. sort of really threw me off on that one. Um okay, and so second part of that question, if you were famous, what would your stage name be?
0: Something like Pablo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to
0: be named Pablo? I'm already on TV, dude. You're already on TV? Yeah. Let's well
1: go with it. Okay. My... Who do I think my celebrity look like is? I've been told varying names throughout my past. Who? Um, I've been told Jessica Beale.
0: Oh yeah, that was me. And,
1: yeah, you said <laughs> that. You weren't the only one. I got that... Uh, that's uh, I got that mention. To me, sometime in like middle school, I think like a camp counselor was like, "Do you know who Jessica?" Like
0: Biel is a blonde Jessica Biel? Biel.
1: Yeah, and then um, I've also been told Scarlett Johansson. What? But I think that's just because the big lips and the long No. Here,
0: but, no. Yeah. Sorry. So. You're you're not Scarlett Johansson. Nope, I'm
1: not. That's okay. Um, if I was famous, what would my stage name be? I came up with these, and I didn't think about it. Um. I don't know. got
0: to think on the spot, dude. Think
1: on the spot. I don't know. Maybe like.
0: Precious. Know.
1: Like precious. <laughs>
0: Diamond.
1: Mm. No, I honestly don't Ruby. Ruby. Maybe Ruby. You <laughs> go with Ruby. Ruby something. I don't know what the last name would be, but I'd go with Ruby.
0: Ruby I don't
1: know, I've just never felt like my name was super fit me, so I, but I've never really thought of what I would name myself if I had the
0: chance. Yeah, I can't I can't say that's what I think about yeah. in my spare time.
1: About what you'd rather be named.
0: What my stage name would be if I was famous. Yeah, well you're
1: obviously it's obviously gonna be Neil Armstrong. So. It's,
0: <laughs> it's obviously the cow the random bodybuilding coach in Montana. I
1: honestly was surprised cows. you didn't say Neil Armstrong. It's gonna be my name. That's Pablo. It's Pablo. Okay. So, Alex, what and when is your first memory of being interested in bodybuilding?
0: First memory of being interested?
1: Yeah, or like the first time you remember being like, "Hmm, I could do this. I might be interested in this. Like, was there a defining moment that you're like, dang this is what I want to do with my life, or was it,
0: like, a gradual, like, decision? I would, I would say that it was definitely more gradual um, in terms of, like, knowing for sure that I wanted to do more, like, the coaching stuff or, like, bodybuilding for sure. I definitely had my doubts until, honestly, till we went to the Olympia. Really? hmm
1: Just even this last
0: December? hmm That was dead, after that, that trip, I was dead certain. This okay. is it.
1: Why did you not, what was holding you back from thinking that like bodybuilding was the thing?
0: I was like, my progress was shitty. I wasn't getting anywhere.
1: Okay. <laughs> but what changed at the Olympia? Like what, I guess what solidified it for you there? Just the atmosphere, the people.
0: The atmosphere and the people. Truly.
1: Okay.
0: hmm Interesting.
1: So you were kind of on the fence, maybe bodybuilding, maybe something else.
0: Uh, there's, I mean, if you like n- nothing around us, there's nothing like that here, right? That's so, true. yeah, it's when you like put all twenty four seven time and effort into something that, like, if there there's nobody there, especially because I didn't even start in my coaching stuff yet, so I was even, even more isolated.
1: Yeah, you know I what mean, I mean. You'd started your coaching stuff, you just hadn't done it. You weren't doing it full time. You were right. still finishing up engineering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. It's it's definitely different when you have the culture surrounding you versus just going to the gym by yourself and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, if bodybuilding wasn't it, what would you be pursuing?
0: Probably some other weightlifting thing. Whether that's powerlifting or God forbid, CrossFit or something. I don't
1: see you as a CrossFitter,
0: to be honest. Hey, I, I was pretty good at CrossFit when I did it. Believe I mean, it or not.
1: I see you being totally fine with like the grueling workouts. I just don't see you enjoying it long term, personally.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I
1: also know how important like correct movement is for you, and that's something yeah, joke yet. about. <laughs> like, no offense to anyone listening on my Get CrossFit, but like it's definitely more focused on like as fast. as as many as you can, as fast as possible and not really about like form. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. And, um, what, what started your interest in bodybuilding <laughs> as an athlete? let's so get to your coaching stuff.
0: Really? I, I honestly got started with it just because I wanted to lose weight after college. You know, that was kind of the big thing. I really just wanted to improve how I looked. Okay. That was definitely the biggest thing. Um, as time time got on and like again, you, you cut cold turkey, you go from football to nothing. Like there there was no there was no sort of like there was nothing I was working towards. You know, it was basically just me. Hey, I want to lose some weight. That just honestly didn't really cut it for me. So I, me being me, I only go fucking as hard as I can. So, I mean, that was kind of like naturally the next step for me to kind of take that was to take my physique goals and just looking better to quote unquote on steroids, go harder. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And do you think that that was partly because it gave you a purpose or because it gave you structure or both or, I, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways you could just try to look better.
0: I definitely still had the structure. I, still, I gotta give that, give that to football for giving me that. Um, it was definitely more just like the direction for sure. Yep, having
1: something a reason to be in the gym versus just wanting
0: to shed a few pounds and look yeah. better
1: in shorts and no shirt. Exactly. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. So, what is your true why? if you had to try to explain to someone why you chose bodybuilding with the exception of, I mean, I know you just said the reason you got into it was because of wanting to look better and have a purpose after football, but as far as like if somebody were to just ask you like, why are you passionate about bodybuilding? What, What's your why? Why do you show up to the gym every day even when you don't feel like it?
0: Well, one, because I love it. Well, yes. <laughs> First of all, um, that, that's definitely one of the big reasons. I, I just truly enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's other, other people consider that sort of stuff like hard work or, oh, he, he's working so hard. He's killing he's themselves. killing themselves. Like, no, dude, that's like, this is fun for me. Like, my life sucks if I don't do this. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> oh, I know. You don't do well on vacation.
0: Yeah, I only last a couple of days.
1: You make it about four days, and then you're trying to find a gym. And if we go longer than six, you're like climbing the walls. So
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've
1: learned our lesson on that one.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I will, I would honestly say that's kind of, kind of the biggest reason is that that, and honestly, I just don't really know anything else. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I mean, not not to compare myself to like a bull rider or anything, but like a lot of the right. times, so those are that's all they fucking know. Yeah. So you you train and tell someone to stop doing rodeo. Yeah. What, what the fuck do What the fuck do you mean, man? Yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to do anything else. Yeah, I get that.
1: And one reminds me of um, this section in a book I'm reading. It's called The Atomic Habits and it's talking about this guy who he basically ran a lifelong study on his children and he wanted to create like chess strategies so he had two daughters and all they did was play chess and like they didn't have a tv or anything like that and when the girls were asked like you know do you do you play chess because your dad makes you and they're like no we play chess because it's we love it it's literally all we've ever known so that's kind of what it makes me think of, of like it's all i Ever known, so of course, I love it. It's not work, it's part of my life, it's part of my routine, it's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Your identity is definitely wrapped up in that a little bit, which can bit. be a good thing.
0: It is a good thing, it's a good
1: thing. Knowing who you are is important. I think the downfall is if everything you put in your identity disappears, then that's usually when the midlife crisis kicks in. But mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon.
0: So. I don't need to go buy a sports car yet.
1: Perfect. Okay. So knowing that you're you absolutely love bodybuilding and that's your why, that's your motivator. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite part about the sport?
0: My favorite part so far. Um, hmm. What are demands from me?
1: Okay.
0: That, that's my favorite part.
1: And do you want to expand on what you mean by
0: that? Um, I chose, based on what what I was at the time, like I probably could have done really well in powerlifting right off the bat or something else, you know, but instead I chose something that was something I really fucking sucked that right off the bat and that was just like having it really looking really good you know what I mean so it I love the fact that it, it requires a lot of effort from me just just from the fact that I don't it's not not that I'm a masochist or anything but the fact that I love having something to be able to work towards okay yeah the fact
1: that you're not already like naturally good at it and mm-hmm. you have something to work on. Could you a purpose a goal to basically a built-in goal then because you're not just showing up and mastering it right off the bat i don't want
0: to I, I don't want to be just good at something just like right off the bat or just to be good at something like so i want to work towards if you something.
1: were to do a show and your first national show you got your pro card would you be happy or would I, you
0: would, I would like be you to
1: suffer a little bit more through the amateur process
0: no, I, I I would be really happy just just based on how much work I've had to put in so far. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Right,
1: you didn't. You're not just stepping into every show you can find.
0: I, no, yeah, and I, the fact of where I started to have that confirmation that I have that sort of look, that pro level physique at that point, that's awesome. Especially from where I started from, but for me to say I would be like satisfied at that point. No, that's, you you got the next tier to work up to.
1: But you wouldn't necessarily be upset about a one and done for your pro part either.
0: No, not many people can do that.
1: Sure. Well, that's mostly because not many people take the time to build what they need to get there before they do their first or second show. That too. Okay, so with that, what is the hardest part about the sport for you? Um. Again, I would like to remind everyone that these questions are readily available for him. He just doesn't
0: takes the fun out of it. Ah, shit. So there's so much that's hard about it, (laughs) but at the same time, that's what that's what makes it fun to me, though that's that's the, the thing the fact
1: that it's a challenge is what's fun for you yeah
0: it's freaking hard man you gotta be ultra ultra consistent it takes even 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 if you are consistent on a daily basis you still gotta do that for years yeah. months yeah. you know what i mean um the hardest thing I, I guess. I guess right off the bat, I would say the hardest part was like trying to decipher what what was going to work for me and what wasn't.
1: Okay. I guess. As far as coaching, as far as division, as far as training,
0: training, food, um, hormones, just kind of all of that because there's everybody has their Different own. Baseline. Everyone has their own way of doing things and everyone, everyone that's successful has a different way of doing that. You know what I mean? there's many ways to successfully accomplish that task. So
1: yeah, I get that
0: being the engineer that it is me. There's kind of typically like a right answer. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, so one of the challenges has been the thought process behind, (laughs) <laughs> there's like the bro science, the muscle head, meat head science. And then there's like the actual doctor science and there's the people that lie somewhere in between. And, but I
0: mean, that's the sport. It's so subjective, right? Like right. it makes well, c- it means, makes sense.
1: <laughs> I mean, as far as like judging criteria in a competition, depending on your division, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, but as far as like each body type, what needs work, what doesn't, what's, um, like how your body processes carbs versus fats. Like, yeah, there's a general basis of how those calories are metabolized, but everybody's body is more efficient at certain things. So, yeah, that makes sense. Learning, learning about your body and how your body responds to things. Is mm-hmm. of the hardest part.
0: I, there's no, right, there's no perfect answer to anything.
1: Yeah, that's frustrating.
0: That's the hard part. Yeah, you, you, you got to fucking figure it out, which. I guess on the on the same note, when you are an engineer, it's you're a problem solver, so yeah, it's kind of cool trying to f- seeing what what stuff works within certain circumstances. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But yep.
1: okay.
0: So I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> hate it, but you love it. That's great.
1: Okay, so we'll jump really quick into my why, and then we can
0: talk about your why
1: for coaching. Um, which we'll just make a short snippet since we've already technically done a whole podcast on that that nobody is <laughs> talking to hear. Yeah. Ah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so my why would be very similar. Um, mm. I love the process. I love having a reason to go to the gym. I enjoy working out, um, but I'm definitely better at showing up when I have something like competing to kind of put a purpose behind why I'm there. Otherwise, it's kind of a, it's, it's very easy for me to come up with the excuses as to why I'll go tomorrow instead of today. Um, and so I definitely think it is, it's the way that I have found to keep myself accountable and consistent in doing something that I love, um, which is working out. And some of that stems just from growing up dancing and always just being really active um, but also throughout all of my injuries and surgeries, I have really, really fell in love with the gym through my rehab process because I um, I just learned a lot about my body and movement and just different ways to engage, whether it was isolation work or compound movements. And that was always really fascinating to me. Um, and so that's kind of my why. Um, my first memory of being interested in bodybuilding was high school. I had a friend whose dad was in the industry. I remember him telling me that I had really good shoulders and I would be really good at figure.
0: Yeah, you would.
1: (laughs) Which Alex still thinks I would do well. I don't disagree. It's not my body. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I, who knows, maybe I'll switch to figure at some point. I just for my own sake and my own desire to feel feminine, I, Personally, would rather go for the figure look or the wellness look.
0: (laughs) She said it, everybody.
1: (laughs) Um, Subconsciously, it's there. uh, I just I tend to not feel real good about myself the beefier I get in my upper body, Um, and so
0: yeah, anyways,
1: I remember being introduced to the idea of competing back in high school, and I just always thought like, oh, maybe in college, and then I was on the dance team, so obviously my goals were conflicting um, as far as time and effort, and then um, I really started thinking about it after college, and then I started teaching dance, and so it just I never really lined up until after all of that stuff kind of tapered out, so, um, that's why it took me so long to actually act on competing. Also, I had quite a few surgeries and some nutritional and mental work to do in order to be in a good headspace to compete, which is very important. So, please don't take that for granted. Your relationship with food is very important.
0: Incredibly and, important.
1: Um, it will be tested <laughs> if, when, if and when you choose to do contest prep, um, and so. Gosh, my favorite part about the sport, Um. I oh – gosh, I, I just love it. I don't know. I love the process. I love
0: the yeah, aspect pick one of thing.
1: working towards something. Uh, I like seeing my body change, to be honest. Yeah. That has been, like, the coolest thing for me.
0: But you um, can do that with anything. Like, just normal training.
1: Yeah, but diet. see, I'm not – dedicated enough like there has to be a purpose for it i'm not someone who's just mentally in the zone enough to be like "Mm, i have no goal but i'm gonna look shredded this summer and i'm gonna have abs and i'm gonna do all this and then i'm gonna totally change my body drastically and build a bunch of muscle and Mm -hmm. look like this like honestly if i didn't have a competition i'd be cool being like relatively fit with a semi-flat stomach in a bikini like i as long as I could eat what I could eat, I really don't
0: think I care what I look like.
1: Gotcha. I think my like my biggest thing is like I love watching my muscles move. If that makes sense, like when I'm doing an exercise, one of the reasons I love doing back and shoulder day is because it's the leanest part of my body every year, all year round. <laughs> and so when I record those exercises, and I can see the muscles move like that is so fascinating to me, like the human anatomy and the endurance and the ability to like build muscle and see all of that working is just like super fascinating.
0: Good thing you're doing lots of back right now.
1: I know I'm doing zero back, but I mean, even (laughs) still, like I'm not lean in my legs right now and I can see my muscles when I work out, which is so cool to me. I think that's my favorite part.
0: Because we finally built up some hooves.
1: Yeah, I've got some quads budding through, which has been
0: nice. <laughs> slowly, slowly got some quads coming.
1: Um, the hardest part for me is patience. Um, yeah, I, I ask the Lord daily for patience, and he keeps telling me to wait. So, um, and that's with everything. I'm just not gonna a say patient person. A... I like to go get things done, and I don't do well when I'm told to, like, bring it back or wait. Um, and so... But at the same time, like I think that's also a good part of it for me because it like there's only so much progress you can make. Um, and so understanding that like there are limitations to the speed at which you can like sustainably grow. And I think to just um, like teaching me that everything that's worth it comes to those who, wait and work for it and Mm -hmm. you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. It's about all of the little habits and the little things that were being done behind the scenes that just looks like overnight success to everybody else. So for every overnight success you see, there's probably a dozen to a hundred failures behind that action that led to that success. So I think Mm -hmm. that that's been something that especially with like Instagram and just seeing like, you see people's befores and afters and granted that no one ever claims to do that like overnight. They're like, yeah, this was four years of my like body transition. And you're like, great. Um, I've been training for four years and I still don't look like that. And it's like, well, you weren't training intense, like for the intent of competing or looking like that. Like that's a new goal for me to look like a wellness competitor. Mm-hmm. And so I have to remind myself that just because somebody else has had four years of, very purposeful physical changes and transformations does not mean that I should be expecting to look like that since I started working out. Right. Four or five years ago. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Cool. Well, that was kind of all I had for bullet points on our whys, mm. but I figured we would jump into coaching.
0: Okay. So, have a sure.
1: Quick chat about your coaching why. Quick. Well, nothing's ever good when I'm involved. okay so um, have you always had a desire or a pull towards coaching or is that something that's developed in the last
0: couple years I'd say it's definitely developed (laughs) (laughs) that would be my foot (laughs) (laughs) get over it Um, no it's I definitely starting out with the stuff it's just stuff that i i love the sort of stuff and finding finding other people that also have that sort of passion as well that i do and then helping helping those sort of people because i it i just naturally as a person i know i just like to be able to help people kind of whatever that they need help with you know what i'm saying
1: so have you always had the desire to help people then?
0: I mean, I guess, but not not directly.
1: Fitness, really.
0: Fitness, hey, I gotta tell you what to eat. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay,
1: so you graduated MSU in uh, December of 2019 as a civil engineer. Sure did. Okay, and then you graduated and came, moved to Billings. Yep. And so January of 2020, You started your
0: career as an engineer. How long did that last for you? Three years? Is that right? Twenty twenty to start of twenty twenty three, or is that two years? Am I wrong there? It's three.
1: three.
0: I know how to do math. I'm an engineer. (laughs) 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 I don't have my I don't have my spreadsheet. I can't do math.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you. Have been full time coaching since this past January 2023. Correct. Um, You started your side business as your coaching, like your coaching business as a side business in Mm -hmm. 2022. Sure did. Yeah. Did you, when you started your side business, did you have the intention of making it your full time job? Or was it just something to,
0: no, it's just, yeah, it was just something that, because yeah, I, I had people at the gym just kind of like ask me questions and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I, guess I could probably make just make a couple hundred bucks on the sense. side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. And um, so, as you all heard in the last podcast, I was not Alex's first client.
0: Unbelievable. I know. Still can't um, get over it. it but, still hurts. Hurts to this day.
1: Okay. But. Um, but. Still, I always I have been telling him since we were he was a junior in college that he should pursue like kinesiology or exercise science because I just saw it's
0: hard when did. you're already halfway through I all know. right
1: <laughs> I know and granted when I told you this we hadn't been dating for very long so I there's no I don't feel like you should have listened to me but it's just funny that at, at a very early, stage in our relationship I already saw like the writing on the wall like Alex is not going to be an engineer for very long
0: hey I know you really like this coaching stuff maybe you should have thought maybe you should have taken kinesiology in college thanks Captain Hindsight
1: <laughs>
0: appreciate it
1: in retrospect you probably should have listened to me but it's okay all part of life's journey makes us better um, Yeah. so I always saw Alex as not really enjoying his he wasn't really enjoying his schoolwork, which was a big indicator for me that he might not like his career as a civil engineer um but I also saw how passionate you were doing football and in the weight room and um so I think that's partly why I saw that for you is just knowing that like dang like I just the person you are when you're around sports and the weight room was just a totally different person than who you were when you were talking about engineering classes and <laughs> there are very few people in this world that can stick out engineering for their entire profession and actually love it. And they're very
0: hey, some people love
1: individuals, but hey, I mean some people are accountants and they like numbers. Some people are people people and like to sit and chat all day long. Oh God, so there's terrible. I mean everybody's got their thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I saw at a very early stage in our relationship, how much this stuff meant to you, even if it didn't seem like, like the full career
0: path. Thanks, life. Captain Hindsight. I'm just saying, <laughs> I know it doesn't help you now. I mean, it kind of <laughs> does because you have listen to
1: me, but okay. So you started out as a full-time engineer uh, in January of 2020. The yeah. world shut down. Great, Ten great timing. Yeah. Yeah. Did that, that didn't change much for you though, because...
0: No, I just it
1: was pretty small and conservative. It
0: was, yeah, super small. Just worked from home, honestly. I was just getting paid to learn my job at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And did you, like, what was your thought process during all of that? Were you, like, that first year of engineering, were you like, mm, I could do this for five to ten years, and mm, I could do this for two more years? Like, where where was your head at? Because I really hope this like,
0: fucking improves. <laughs> What? I really hope this shit
1: improves.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not doing this for forty years. Okay. So it was
1: pretty much after like that first full year that you were like, God, this sucks.
0: Do you know what watching paint dry looks feels like?
1: <laughs> I do actually. I sat with you in the truck a couple of times.
0: Was... watching watching asphalt dry is pretty fucking similar, dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you got stuck on a lot of uh, construction. A admin. lot of
0: construction been
1: which is where so for anybody who doesn't know basically they have to have a project an engineer that's working for the firm or on the project
0: city buildings requires a engineer um, like
1: for certain certain parts of the projects right or is it the whole thing
0: for, for certain parts of the project so yeah like asphalt would be one of those things gotcha. for certain stuff but
1: yeah. So. Alex, or anytime
0: they're installing utility lines or any anything of that sort.
1: Yeah, Alex was newbie, so he got the short end of the stick on
0: that one. Um So he's at an. Which I, I, I mean, it's fair. Like I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not no. mad at the fact that.
1: No, it's that's just, what it was. it was. kind of a, a light bulb for you that like I can't. I can't do this forever. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, did anything else ever like cross your mind as like a, I'm gonna quit my job and go work at Walmart, or I'm gonna quit my job and go? Walmart
0: work and was work definitely at... not the first thing I thought well,
1: of. <laughs> you know what I mean. You've
0: like, seen the Heights Walmart? I <laughs> have.
1: Yeah, it's rough. Um, I just mean like, was there was there anything else that like kind of piqued your interest, or was it like mm, I need I need to do something in the, in the fitness industry?
0: I kind of I, I started talking to some of my old. Uh, strength coach buddies that are like hey how hard is it to go go get my CSCS or some some of these other yeah. certifications they're like oh honestly you you would probably be fine okay. just because you already have the background in it
1: yeah gotcha yeah and I think that I mean that makes sense obviously we talked about that we've had those conversations I'm just discovering for all the listeners out there um,
0: the more you know
1: I you know. Um, okay, so. Okay, so, we you started your side business, and how did that take off for you? Did you so January twenty twenty two rolls around, and you decided to capitalize on New Year's resolutioners and see if you can get any clients as a new to the. New to the world,
0: coach. Honestly, no. I, I really got to thank Connor Christ um, entirely for starting it off because before the new year's, he would kind of messaged me because he had just got done mm-hmm. his last season. He was like, "Hey, dude, I, I saw you lose all this weight. Did can you can you help me? Can yeah. I will be your clay. Please mold me." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, no, dude, I could absolutely help you." I'm like, "You know, may, maybe I should just start doing this." So
1: that's actually what kind of spurred your, Interest mm-hmm. in starting your side
0: business. Oh, Connor Christ, man. Shout out to my boy.
1: So much to thank Connor for. <laughs> yeah. Um and so Connor signed up and then his girlfriend, Kelsey,
0: mm-hmm. and then me. And then you. And
1: then I think Taven was that sounds next. about right. And then from there I'm not really sure, but you've you've had I mean you've had quite a few lifestyle I
0: had a people couple, come I, and go. But, I Had a good amount of people come and go that year.
1: Yeah. For sure. I would say the four of us are pretty much here year long term. OGs. OGs. Yeah. So, um I guess what was some of the push behind pursuing coaching full time then was it just you so over your day job you can't stand it? Was it I need more time to focus on my business? I was
0: getting pretty over my day job. Um Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, I wanted it, it so much to get better over time, but as time continued to go on, it just did not. Slowly
1: ate away at you.
0: Slowly continued to make that, just physi- physiologically, I just like could not handle it anymore. And then you got your grand spanking new job and you said, If (coughs) now, sorry, you made me. Are you good? good. Are you alive? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) After you got your new job, sorry, what were we talking about? (laughs) After you got your new job Mm -hmm. that you're currently still at, Mm -hmm. um, you said it. If you want to. Really, hop into this coaching stuff now's the time to do it. So, yeah. I mean, realistically, yeah. it's all you that kind of set set this off for me to go into it full time.
1: Yeah, and I have to um, give kudos to Jesus on that one because honestly, you were so miserable at your job, like it was bleeding over into all areas of your life, and yeah, um, I was honestly just seriously praying, like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help him. Like, I want to be able to provide like a way or an opportunity for him to kind of do this on his own and not have to worry about like his day job getting in the way of it. And I had actually just started my new job and some circumstances came up where someone else they were bringing on was able to negotiate a better job or a better offer at their own job and so they weren't going to be coming on and so as a result they were going to basically be merging the two positions and having me take it over so um i out of nowhere like i literally told alex hey like we'll figure it out like just i think it's time that if if you want to be done at your job i think by the end of the year that would be really feasible and i think you should go for it and literally, like two days later, I got a phone call from my bosses, and they're like, Yeah, so we'd like to, um, we'd like to role <laughs> a, a little bit, and it's gonna come with some more money. And I was like, All right, Jesus, let's we'll see what you did there, and I will, uh, I will accept. So, um, that was definitely a blessing,
0: uh, absolutely.
1: And so, yeah, I we, we finished out the year and part of that was just so that we had plenty of time. I mean, it was probably mid summer that we decided Mm -hmm. that you were going to pursue coaching at the first of the year. And part of that was just so that there was a clean slate as far as like paycheck and numbers and all that, but also just gave us some time to really reevaluate our finances and make sure that like, just in case things did not take off, (laughs) we were, we had some savings to to lean on a little bit because it was it was going to take into the new year for that pay increase to really hit so um and so let's see um how do you feel like your engineering background influenced your coaching style
0: makes me very detail oriented if you like very analytical Mm -hmm. um
1: do you think that comes to you naturally like even without your engineering background or do you think that's something you learned
0: because of engineering? No, I mean, that's definitely just my background as a person, but for sure, engineering kind of magnified that a little bit for sure.
1: Gave you able to focus in a little bit more. So, um, I already know this, but you're not super emotional. You're not. Says who? I I just mean, you're, you're I'm very,
0: very good at flipping the switch.
1: Yeah. You're able to separate and compartmentalize very well. Um, And you can set your feelings aside for the
0: Mm -hmm. objective
1: when needed. And I think that goes to your mindset about, like, wanting to be challenged and the fact that you like the fact that things are hard because you're able to put away the emotional side of you that wants to complain or, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think that that speaks to you as well. Um, Do you feel like being really dad-driven has helped you or hurt you as a coach
0: I think in the start it hurt me. Um, just the level of intricacy that my spreadsheets were at the beginning of everything. Were oh my god! <laughs> you spent
1: a lot of time on those puppies.
0: Yeah, I did. And I I try. I had people look through it to find their information, and honestly, it just wasn't wasn't the best thing. Do you
1: think it was just too overwhelming for them to see all the ins and outs of the process?
0: Yeah, way, way too complicated.
1: Yeah. And so you've simplified that a little bit.
0: I don't think I can simplify it any, any do you further. Feel
1: like, do you feel like you kind of needed to go through all of those really in depth spreadsheets in order to feel confident in your own ability to understand the plan um, or, do, or did you solely do it because you wanted everybody to see like the inner workings of your brain? Yeah.
0: Okay. The latter.
1: The ladder, and do you think that some of that came from wanting to prove to people that hiring you as a coach was a good investment? Like, look at all the things that you get with this coaching fee,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, people will charge you a Word document for probably double to triple the one I charge, so <laughs> yeah. Vers- versus like master spreadsheet, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, yeah, I'm I just curious. Huh. Um. Okay, so what is the what is a favorite thing that you have learned on your journey to becoming a coach? It can be from any of the courses you've taken, experience with clients, um, other coaches. Like, what's something that you've learned? That's
0: what I've learned.
1: Yeah, like, or even just like about coaching in general. Like, something that's really stuck with you.
0: Um. really had a really how to understand people's metabolism a little bit. Um, when I started out, I, I would always start people like kind of where I wanted their food to be at. And then, so I mean like using a couple of you people at the beginning kind of as like my guinea pigs, yeah. like it's re- it's really not realistic for if you guys are eating like no food to like, Hey, Here's a shit ton of food. Eat all of it, please. Yeah. That's so, that like. An
1: example of me coming at like 1,000 calories or less to. <laughs> I think your first meal plan, you have me like straight up like 2,800, and I thought I was going to die I, for the first week I was trying to eat that.
0: The longer I've done this, the more I've really been able to kind of refine how that sort of like calorie building or reverse dieting process kind of looks like. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't like 95% of my business at the moment. Yeah. It's having to start with people doing some, something like that. And honestly, it, the more I've done that, like just the better I continue to get at it. It's, yep. you, you can really see it too.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I think.
0: I oh my God, I can get leaner eating food. I would say yes. that a majority
1: <laughs> of your clients um, that are new. I would say some of them still have the desire to compete mm-hmm. but you are definitely not a coach that's just oh you want to compete okay in 20 weeks perfect we'll get you there like give that's, me that's six thousand dollars up either. front
0: we'll put you on stage baby
1: but that's not how you so compete, compete either like you no. did a show back in 2021 as a way to decide if you was, if it was even <laughs> worth pursuing, like honestly, uh, I think
0: the best that's seven hard. week prep of my life.
1: Yeah. It, you, first of all, you maybe didn't make some of the smartest like crash diet decisions possible during that. But I also think really? that you, <laughs> you think you needed to know if it was worth your time.
0: It was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: you, you needed to at least experience it whether you did well or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I think, sometimes the idea of like getting on stage and posing in front of people is the scariest part. And so understanding like, this is what I want to be doing. Um, this is, it's it's worth working towards because I now know what the end goal is and I've experienced it and I'm excited and ready for it. So I would say, I mean full expectation for hiring you as a coach, um, it, you don't just throw people into craps. Like there is a process, there is a, a cal- for a majority. And I won't say for everybody, but I would say probably 80% of your clients are not eating enough food. And so there will always be like a transition period of like, let's get you to where we actually have a ceiling of calories to pull from. It's like, if you're try. it's like, if you have a tree, right, you can't cut from a tree stump. Like, how are you going to trim down a tree that's already a tree stump? Like, you kind of have to grow your calories up a bit so that you actually have something grow to trim Grow your tree. Out. Yeah, grow your legs. Grow I, your tree.
0: I didn't think about it like a tree. I mean, that's a good thought yeah. process.
1: Thank
0: you. I mean, I just think you can't. Zero minus zero or zero minus 500 is.
1: It's negatives, and you the, can't do that. <laughs> you can't survive on it. That the same you thing.
0: can't cut from nothing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Okay. Do you have any questions
0: on your? Uh, I barely squeezed some in yesterday. Is that it? That's all. That's all about the why? I mean, I
1: really. Unless there's something else you want to talk about, is there anything from our last conversation when we did this that you feel like I missed?
0: I threw all of that out of my brain. I figured that makes sense. Um, Does Morgan have a permit for those guns? No, but I've told her before she should probably get something for those or else she's going to get arrested.
1: <laughs> These uh big old arm guns or the leg guns?
0: What is that, a twenty-two?
1: <laughs> mm, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, a pellet gun. <laughs> <laughs> I do no arms, by the way. In this case.
0: <laughs> Got a couple red riders on those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your opinion on meal plans versus macro counting? Oh,
1: that's a good
0: one. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm definitely gonna err on the side of meal plans for sure. I people people get so um caught up in numbers a lot of time. Not, not that numbers aren't, aren't like helpful, right? I and mean, this is also coming from an engineer, too. I, I love numbers, numbers make sense to me. If you can, they, people just overcomplify. Complify? Complify? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like simplifying, but making it complicated. Complify. That's what people do, too. They (laughs) complify. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, They they just, if if you go more of this number route, I feel like you're just making the process a little more complicated on yourself. Because now now on like a daily basis you got to figure out okay what what is what is this x food today What 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 is this protein looking like for me today yeah. um and then like it, even just based on where you're going for these calculations and stuff like all all, all that stuff fluctuates yeah you know what i'm saying
1: yeah
0: um and, and then that that's not even counting towards like the digestion side of things so like it's cool one, one day you have th- this food and then yeah, next and day you have day you the same macros your
1: macros and the next day your boiled chicken breast and rice it's like well or even then, of all, volume of food is completely different your body's going to process the type of carb a little bit different
0: right and i mean there there's different situations to put in different food so like you like if you go on a macro approach and you're trying you need a shit ton of carbs in your system you try eating all of that in potatoes. So that's of- gonna fucking hurt, dude. Yep. That's a lot of potatoes. You do that on your rice or with a little little more fruit, fruit juice in your system, that looks a hell of a lot different. Right.
1: And how your body uses those is a little bit different too, as far as like digestion.
0: It's I I th- I think macros is just making it more complicated.
1: Yeah, the meal I,
0: meal plan. Will, you're still doing the same thing with the meal plan, but you're just ta- you're just taking the the numbers kind of out of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I feel like for me personally, a meal plan has been so much easier because a I started out with a terrible relationship with food and a terrible like habit of just not eating, um, mostly because the idea of having to think of something new to cook every day, or like or counting macros was literally so overwhelming to me. It gave me anxiety and I lost my appetite. That sounds ridiculous. But like the idea of thinking about having to cook dinner and not just being told on a piece of paper, what I'm supposed to be eating literally gave me enough anxiety to just not want to make anything. And so for me, make
0: your life easier.
1: I was like, okay, how like meal plan is the best way to automate it so that I don't have to think about what, is going on my plate like it's just it is what it is and it's written out for me and it's the same every day and if I don't like it I change it up like if I get sick of chicken I'll switch to turkey or you know like I'll talk to Alex and we'll switch that up or um, like if there's a different kind of fruit I want to mix in instead of these berries I'll do these Um, but I think for me right now what I have done is now that I'm a lot more used to the same kind of quantity and the same like size, like amount of food. Right. So the certain number of grams of carbs or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's made it a lot easier for me to like go to lunch with a friend and look at a menu and have a general idea of what I could order. Like if I was, if I was going to go quote unquote off plan for a meal, I'm still going to try to create a meal that fits well with that plan so that i don't have to end up skipping meals to make up for the fact that i ate a pizza or doing this or that i will say like just even in the last couple of days um, i had two um, situations where i ate um food that i did not cook and ate off plan one was for i went to lunch with a friend and i ordered like this rice and salad bowl kind of a thing and halfway through my workout, several hours later, I was literally throwing up because the food made me sick. And so like, I have just gotten to the point where I just don't like eating at most restaurants because I usually end up getting sick. Like I would so much rather be that weirdo that brings my food because I do have a lot of food allergies too. So sometimes that can cause me some issues if I get a little bit too like, segwayed into my meal plan I have a really hard time eating off plan just because so many restaurants use so many ingredients and additives and preservatives that I'm just not used to and so I always end up with a little bit of a digestion issue um but yeah I would say for me personally like the meal plan is so much easier it's actually easier for me to prep too like instead of thinking through like different things I need to grocery shop for and cook in bulk like it's just pretty easy. It's chicken and rice and then whatever extras I just buy. So like fruit, I just, we just buy a bag of frozen veggies and like, or frozen fruit, not veggies. Um, And I just measure out frozen fruit. Like it's, we can easily switch that up, but at least I don't have to think week to week or day to day what I'm cooking.
0: Yeah. Make your life simpler, Yeah. please.
1: And I don't know. I just feel like when I did at one point, when I did track my macros, those all those different apps calculate food so differently.
0: Yeah,
1: and first of all, a lot of like for exa- example, my fitness pal does, um, like you can create like that's all user based information, like it's not like it's just the USDA database, and you know, this is the amount of protein in this chicken, like it's all based off of, like, user entries. So if somebody enters in their macros completely wrong and you've been, you know, doing... They they calculated all of the stuff for uncooked rice and you've been using that as your thing and all of a sudden you realize, oh, crap, I was measuring cooked rice and they were measuring uncooked rice. So I've been completely shorting the amount of food I've been... Getting. You know, things like that. Like, it's just so inconsistent. It makes it really hard for people, especially when you're new to it. Like I would
0: say until you feel like you've got your feet underneath you as far as nutrition, like a meal plan is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, how long should a prep be? Um, That's a great question. No, it's, it's de- it definitely should be longer than what most people are thinking they should be. Yeah. Um, I, b- based on what I've seen, and just what other like some of some of the best coaches are doing is any you want to allocate somewhere between like 20 24 weeks for it um so that way you can it it just gives you plenty of time for you to get stage lean and then best case you do that early you get a little more food in you before beforehand but i mean worst case you have that full 20 24 weeks to do that plus take a deload in there somewhere once or twice maybe maybe get in a couple refeeds based on how you're doing yeah like you could sure you could try a 12 or 16 week prep but that's assuming you have nothing going wrong in that in that time frame and also kind of based on where your starting point is based on your body composition so i mean it definitely depends but i would definitely say the longer you give yourself the better and then also you got to think about coming out of the show as well yeah so i mean realistically what you should be given to yourself as like a prep timeline let, let's just let's just go longest case here 24 weeks for your actual prep and then eight eight to ten weeks coming out of a show yeah. so i mean you're looking at 34 34 weeks yeah 34 weeks entirely dedicated to this prep
1: yeah so i mean 34 divided by 52 that's like what two-thirds of your year what is that 34 divided by 52 yeah 65 percent of your year is spent technically in a prep
0: so yeah i mean if you if you're wanting to do better in your next show i mean like you gotta you also gotta spend more time in your off season which yeah. is kind of kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. You can you yeah. can't just be trying to do a show right. every unless, every unless freaking year. Your feedback year.
1: is literally like, "Ooh, change your sh- suit color. Ooh, uh, adjust your posing. Like you got the physique, but your presentation's off." Like, unless that was your feedback, like it's not going to benefit you to be constantly doing a 10 week prep and jumping into shows because your body never has any time to actually hold on to any of the changes that you've been making. Yeah. And so realistically, I mean, if you even think about it, like let's say I hired you today and I want to do a show at the end of 2023. Mm -hmm. Well, chances are I'm a little bit past that. So maybe my 20, let's say my 24 weeks is the first weekend in January. If there was a show that weekend
0: or even let's say like,
1: but I mean, realistically, you're not just going to take on a client and start their prep either. So
0: yeah. Cause I mean nine, I would say like 80, 80% of the time I've had that so far, it's, They come in and they're they're already not eating food. So it's like, okay, dude, I'm sorry. We're going to have to fucking build these up for like four or five months before we can even do this.
1: So, I mean, realistically, an actual prep, like pre-stage prep, would be anywhere between 20 and 24 weeks. If you came in with like already a super great physique and high calories, you could maybe get by with 16.
0: I would, know.
1: I feel like that's pushing it. Like you're, I would, you're I would so fast that you're risking losing muscle because you're trying to cut so
0: fast. Let's let's say they even came in on the lower end yeah. of the body body comp. So like there's they're pretty damn lean already. I would still give them that 20 that 20 week mark, just so you could take your time getting down there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's gonna be a more enjoyable process the slower you get down to your thousand calories or whatever. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like just even the idea of being ready early is helpful because A, it takes the stress off of that peak week. If you don't actually, like if your peak week is truly about recovery and not about like killing yourself for that extra two pounds of water or extra two pounds of fat or whatever it is, like, it's just going to be so much more enjoyable. So realistically, like an actual to stage prep would be twenty to twenty-four weeks. Yeah. And then assuming you want to do it properly, and you're not just one and done, and you're not going to be one of those people that, you know, completely botches their reverse and that ruined my body and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> it would be smart of you to do like eight to ten week reverse diet out of the show. So at a minimum, you're looking at thirty-four weeks for your prep
0: start to finish. Yeah. That's what the post show stuff. That's like the the
1: most important
0: part. Yeah, I mean that's how you set yourself up for whatever the hell you're going to do next.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Cool. cool. That, that we- was that was a good one. What would you say your coaching style is? Mm-hmm. What would you say my coaching style is?
1: I guess and what are my options? <laughs> um, I would say you are very, um, you're very eager to help people and you definitely take your client's success as your own, which I think is great. But I think to that extent, I think in some cases you've had to learn that you can want it for your client as until you're blue in the face, but unless they want it, it's it's not gonna play. So I think um, you're very hands-on in the sense of like, whatever your client needs to like get it done, you're there. Like, I'll text you back immediately. Like if you need a response within 30 minutes of sending me a message, I'm you're already doing that, right? Unless like, it's
0: nine o'clock, don't, don't even talk like, to me. <laughs> I
1: mean, as far as like, you're super responsive, you, you take their questions serious, even if you feel like it's a not well-asked question, like it's not a dumb question, but it's also just like, it's not their best. yeah, I just like, you're very understanding. Um, you're very disciplined and you're very um, mentally tough. So I think sometimes it's hard for you to relate to the, um, the oh, I'm just having a really hard time being motivated and, like i even see it with myself sometimes of like we talked about this last time like sometimes it's it's really hard for you to not just like shut up and just go work hard (laughs) so i don't want to say you're hard ass because you're not i mean you're very kind and understanding um but you're also you don't take people's excuses either like if if they want to make that excuse that's great whatever like that's on them at the end of the day like you're gonna help them until you realize they don't want to help themselves yeah. so i feel like you're very involved until they prove to you that they're just looking for the next excuse and then you're you're ready to cut, cut and leave which i feel like is anyone who takes this sport seriously as far as like look i can i can hold your hand the entire time but i'm not going to drag you because you have to want it So, but I feel like because you are so like in your own stuff, you are so disciplined. You're very, you're a very inspiring person to follow and to learn from. Like I am inspired by you all the time at the fact that you just go and do. And like, honestly, ever since you started coaching full-time, there's never been a complaint. Like you just go and do, and it just is what it is. It's part of your life. It's who you are. It's what you do. You've always just been a get the job done and, as little complaints as possible even if you're swearing up a storm in your own head and that's very um i don't know it's just very motivating to watch and to be a part of like being part of that being a part of that part of your journey has been really cool for me because it pushes me too I'm like shit, alex is working so hard he's making all this progress like I, I don't just,
0: work hard i have fun
1: well i just like it's very like it's fun to be around like you're a fun person to be around whether you think you are or not and it's not even because <laughs> you think you're funny and you have lots of memes like
0: uh it's not that i think i'm funny first <laughs> well, of all i got gonna stop you right is just there very,
1: like you're you're just very inspiring that's what i would have to
0: say my coaching style is apparently inspiring shameless plug for my wife <laughs> And third client, not my first. Yeah. Just throw that jab in there. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess on a low level, I would say my style is I will put in what you put in as well. Yeah,
1: you're right. You match the effort.
0: If you are going, like I'll, I'll have, i I have, I have clients that only, only pay me like a minuscule amount of money because, I mean, honestly, that's not why I'm
1: right. doing yeah, this.
0: I just, yeah. But they'll, they'll give me elaborate check-ins on how they're doing and ask me many questions i'll give those clients whatever the hell they want yep. all the effort that they want yep. i got other people that'll pay me like my full price of and my coaching stuff and like all the
1: questions and detailed check-ins and all that and then there's people that pay you the I was, full
0: price and i was going to say that some people that pay me the full price that barely give me in, any information
1: yep
0: i didn't like, but
1: you're not going to chase them down and find that information either like if they're not going to tell you after you or, clarity, originally
0: i will i will chase them down yeah. i i care i really like, do care to set
1: the standard of like yeah. hey this is what i'm looking for and check in a check-in like just so you know but then like is there a certain point where you just decide like hey it's been
0: if, if it's like a consistent thing can. like if we're if we're not figuring it out here within like a month like I I'm gonna give you the effort that you give me. That's, that's really really what it is. Yeah, I, mean, I, would I will match whatever you.
1: And see for give somebody like me. somebody like me, where I, I definitely feel that right. Like obviously we're a little bit different because I'm your wife, so I see it all the time. So I see how you are with the other clients.
0: Hey babe, did you see how good Riley's doing?
1: <laughs> no, I mean like. <laughs> um, I, I think that's why I find it inspiring though is I know that that's your mentality behind it, and knowing that you will give as much as I put in makes me want to put in more.
0: Put in as much as you want.
1: But I mean, do you know what I mean though? Like knowing that that the more effort I devote, the more value I get back. Like that to me is my motivator to like keep pushing and keep digging deep for like the good stuff.
0: Right. So
1: yeah. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Last one. What are the mental effects of bodybuilding? The mental
1: <laughs> effects. Wow. Um, body dysmorphia, for one.
0: <laughs> the main negative is body dysmorphia.
1: Constant comparison of people on Instagram.
0: Con- constantly flexing in the mirror. <laughs> yeah.
1: I will say, I think people at the gym think I'm super vain because when i walk by a mirror i'm like staring myself down in the mirror like seeing how i look in profile or like straight on but i think that just comes with the territory of like having purpose in the gym of changing your physique and wanting to see those changes come through um
0: yeah so i'd say body dysmorphia and then on the negative side not i don't anxiety because like you don't you're not fitting in with other people I, I guess that's kind yeah. that's more person dependent like yeah. i i you can don't, give you don't two shifts
1: you're also in the gym all day every day so this is what i get paid
0: to do is, so i mean like i i, yeah, I don't no, I would agree with
1: that like it's a very isolating sport a lot of people don't get it and i would say that that's like a very hard thing is the mental component of not fitting in. And for some people like that has been one of the things that's been the hardest for me personally to overcome, Mm -hmm. which I've told Alex before, I don't know why it bothers me. And it's honestly, the longer I do this, the less it does, but I've never really fit in. Like I never really had a lot of friends growing up. I never felt like I fit in with a certain group of people. I have always felt a little bit like the loner, like I get along with people, but it's not like I have a really close knit group of people that I've just gone through life with or anything like that. And so even like college, I had friends, but like I was on the dance team, but I never felt like, oh, these are my people. Like it was always just like, yeah, I have people I can hang out with, but like if I could spend my time alone, that'd be great too. Like Mm -hmm. I just never really felt like I fit in. And so I've told Alex before, like, I don't know why it surprises me that I, but at some point I kind of just figured that I would fit in, right? Like I just figured I would no. fit, in. but then I've also like all the reading and all the self like personal development stuff that I've done The people that make the biggest waves and have the biggest successes are the people that don't fit in. So I have started to accept the fact that I probably won't ever fit in, but that's okay. Cause I don't want to be average and normal. And generally speaking, people who are average and normal, don't like to be around people who aren't, or people who excel or strive for greatness because it makes them uncomfortable with their own state of average. Yeah, I would say as far as like the body dysmorphia, I think the biggest thing for people, especially when they get started is the comparison, especially like comparison of people who've been doing this for a lot longer um whether it's their age and they have more muscular muscle maturity whether it's the fact that they've been bodybuilding since they're 18 and now they're 34. like you think about that that's like a long time to be developing your physique and working towards something um and i think the other thing too is i see this with a lot of amateur competitors um it's great i think it's awesome to be like motivated by pro athletes and have goal physiques to look at and like Inspire you, or like, this is what I want to look like, and blah, blah, blah. But just remember, you will not be stepping on stage with those pros for a while. So don't compare yourself to that pro level physique when you still haven't even done your first amateur show. Like, I think that's where people get so lost in the weeds of, like, oh, I'm never going to be, I'm tiny compared to them. I'm never going to look like that. I'm, I want to look like this but i i just i it just can't get there it's like well no because that person's been competing at a pro level and if they're relatively well followed and quote unquote famous in the bodybuilding world they've been competing at the pro level for longer than just a show and so no you're not going to be able to compete with them because you haven't even placed top five at a national show so why would you ever think that you can compete with a pro it's like taking a high school basketball player I and mean, be like, gosh, I can never play against an NBA team. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you can't, you won't win, but like you sure could try, but that's not your level of competition. It's great to strive for it, but like keep that separate in your head. Of like those are goals you're striving for, not your current platform of comparison. So that's what I have to say for the body dysmorphia stuff. And also get yourself a coach that can help you talk yourself out of the mean things you tell yourself because um, everybody's got an inner critic and everybody's inner critic has opinions about what they look like. And most of those inner critics are wrong. Let's just be honest.
0: Yeah. So. Um, in terms of like positive mental effects, Structure, discipline. Um goals. Could could give you confidence.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I or it
0: could bring you down body dysmorphia. Uh, kind of I mean, kinda of depends where your headspace is at.
1: I will say like I've struggled with body dysmorphia before prep, during prep, after prep. Some like literally it's a kind of a toss up whether or not I'm gonna like myself that day <laughs> the last couple of months. Um But I will say, even on my like, oh, I don't feel good days. I still am more confident than I was before I started this whole process. Just in every aspect, I'm more confident in how I carry myself. I'm more confident in how I look, even if it's not where I want to be. I'm more confident when it comes to like eating and feeling comfortable and confident in what I'm putting in my body. Like there's just mm-hmm. an overall mood effect. I would agree that even if you have a little bit of body dysmorphia, I feel like you could easily focus on the confidence side of like, I may not feel great, but I feel better than I did two years ago. But yeah, I would agree. Um, having a goal to work towards is a great bonus. Um, yeah, I would say the structure and the discipline are probably the top two for me as well as far as positive mental effects. And I think to just, moving your body is good. I mean, whether you decide to compete or not, like even if you're just getting in the regular habit to go to the gym and work out, like there is something to be said for getting your body moving and getting a little sweat going and improving your mood for sure.
0: I mean, it's just living a healthy lifestyle on steroids is essentially what it is.
1: Without the steroids. But yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's bodybuilding is just the extreme version of that. I mean, it, exactly. it really is. And I think if if you don't have aspirations to compete, I still think there are things you can learn from bodybuilding as far as um, lessons for building or maintaining or increasing confidence or you know whatever it is, you might just apply it to your life with a different level of moderation based off of what other things you're trying to prioritize. So. Mm -hmm. Alex has switched gears to working. So are we done?
0: I have no more questions.
1: Well, I think that's it. Please let us know if you have any questions. If you have any podcast topic ideas, we'd love to hear them. Um, we're starting to get in a good rhythm with this stuff. This is episode three. We're thinking maybe by the time we hit episode five, we might be starting to rotate in some guest podcasts. Um, interviews so let us know if there's anything we can help you with we'd love to hear from you we hope you enjoyed this and please send some prayers that i don't lose this recording
0: (laughs) please for the love of god
1: Uh, this is coming out right before the fourth of july so have a safe and
0: god bless america
1: god bless america happy independence day
0: in texas god bless texas